0: This is Breaking the Dollar, the podcast that dismantles some of the biggest misconceptions about money. This is a, a monster. Federal <laughs> Reserve is probably not going to raise the industry. We're likely getting $1,000 from layers away for a $50,000. Presented by Deansville Coins. Hello, everyone, and welcome back, finally, at last to another episode of Breaking the Dollar. As always, I'm your host, Everett Millman, and we have finally returned from our extended hiatus, so this episode is going to recap why that was the case and explain in these intervening years how the market for physical gold and silver bullion really transformed from 2020 to today. So when I started this podcast back in 2019, the gold market was just beginning to wake up from hibernation that lasted for over five years. That summer in 2019, gold prices finally got back above $1,400 an ounce for the first time since 2013. There was a liquidity crunch going on with American banks, the gold price rallied, and gold really never looked back after that. So from my experience and what I've studied, I've always understood that precious metals markets to behave very cyclically. You get big price movements in these long cycles of seven to ten years. So this pattern basically fit that model. As you can imagine, the renewed interest in gold and silver meant a lot more folks were buying precious metals. In fact, after the start of the COVID pandemic in 2020, we saw sales volumes that were on par with the mania that occurred from 2009 to 2011 following the financial crisis. It really was an all-hands-on-deck situation at Gainesville Coins at that point. And some of my projects, like Breaking the Dollar, ended up taking a backseat to other priorities. On top of that, the surge in metals prices meant that I was staying really busy with other opportunities for media appearances. So I've done almost weekly interviews with KickGo News. They have two reporters who I really enjoy speaking with, Anna Golobova and Niels Christensen. Uh, I've been a regular guest on the TD Ameritrade Network with Ben Lichtenstein. I also had the privilege of appearing multiple times on other podcasts, such as The Money Life Show, Chuck Jaffe, and Market Buzz with Mo Ansari. I've also had an occasional spot on Bloomberg Radio and Reuters, so I have been keeping myself quite busy. My favorite of all these re- new relationships has been the pleasure of working with Jan Neuenhuis, who is a gold researcher and writer from the Netherlands. And I can say that he is truly the most impressive and dedicated researcher that I've ever encountered in the gold space. Jan has a wealth of knowledge about gold's role in international reserves, how gold is traded, and why, especially why gold will still play a part in the way the global monetary system evolves in the future. I really cannot recommend Jan's work enough. Uh, It's been an honor for me to help him edit and publish more than a dozen articles on the Gainesville Coins blog. You should definitely check out his substack, it's called The Gold Observer, and he's also quite active on Twitter. So that's what I've been doing during this prolonged absence from doing this podcast, but let's also get into what's gone on in the actual metals markets, because I can say without any exaggeration that it has been pandemonium. I'll explain more about that in a minute, but it's quickly worth examining how we've had a perfect storm, so to speak, for gold prices to move higher. So aside from the public being worried and flocking to gold during the pandemic, we've of course experienced the highest inflation rates we've seen in four decades. Historically, gold has a solid track record of maintaining its purchasing power as inflation eats away at the real value of government currencies. So naturally, this has been reflected in higher gold prices. Uh, Central banks have continued to buy gold in record amounts. There's been geopolitical strife, particularly between the West and China, and of course the ongoing war in Ukraine, both of which have driven safe haven demand for gold. There's also been widespread uncertainty about whether the world economy is teetering on the brink of recession. And more recently, there's been stress in the banking system, as two medium-sized banks, First Republic and Silicon Valley Bank, as well as a rather large bank, Credit Suisse, have all failed already in 2023. So if you're counting, that's three major bank failures in the span of about a month. Anytime that people are worried about keeping their money in banks, understandably so, they tend to turn to gold for safety and protection. And if you've paid attention to the news lately, there's also this drama brewing in Washington over whether or not the government is going to raise its self-imposed debt ceiling and avoid defaulting on its debt obligations. So it's been the confluence of all of these factors really at once that have made gold especially attractive as a hedge or a financial insurance policy, if you will. Now let me address the pandemonium that I mentioned before, the uproar and chaos that has really come to characterize the bullion market. As metal prices have risen near their highest in a decade, with gold around $2,000 an ounce, there have been these persistent issues with supply chains. Most dealers and wholesalers have faced difficulty in getting bullion products as quickly and as easily from their suppliers as they once did. So as a result, the premium on these products, and the premium being essentially the markup over their melt value, those premiums have exploded higher. This has mainly been true of government-issued coins from government mints, For more generic products like bars and silver rounds, you can still find some low premium deals, and I certainly encourage you to do so if you're planning on buying silver. But gold coins and silver coins that come from official government mints, like the United States Mint, Royal Canadian Mint, Perth Mint in Australia, so on, these coins are all heavily in demand by investors. Yet the mints have basically not been able to keep up with that level of demand, which is causing severe backlogs in the supply chain and, consequently, much higher premiums when you buy these coins. It has stubbornly remained uh, an industry-wide problem for the past, I'd say, three years. So to illustrate, prior to 2020, I can distinctly remember that the premium over spot for an American Silver Eagle coin, for instance, was consistently around $2.50 to $3.00. So that's roughly 10% to 20% of the value of the metal in the coin, depending on if the silver price was at the top or the bottom of its range over that time period. But we're talking 10% to 20%. Today, that $3 premium has become more like a $15 to $20 premium, meaning you're paying almost double the coin's melt value, which is a 100% premium compared to 20% back in the day. So, understandably, uh, a lot of people are angry about this. But it's really economics 101. Those premiums will climb and climb and climb until they reach the point that demand goes down enough for the supply to catch up. It's a problem that has affected the entire industry, too. It's not just one dealer, one wholesaler, or even one mint. So in addition to that, as private mints and private suppliers of gold and silver have had to pick up the slack and pump out more products as an alternative to Silver Eagles and other government-issued silver, it's led to significant delays in the shipment of those products. Things that used to take a week or two to get processed and shipped out are now taking six weeks or seven weeks. And this has gone on now for multiple years. It's incredibly frustrating for the people who who are consistently buying precious metals. I see it firsthand all the time, and I do deeply empathize with those frustrations. Nobody wants to pay for something and wait two months to receive their product while a company holds on to their money, but that really is the reality that we're stuck with right now. I'll also point out that one of the main reasons that the delay bothers people, I suspect, is that they're trying to flip their metals quickly to make a quick profit. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but in my opinion, I generally look at precious metals more like an inflation-resistant savings account. So ideally, you should be holding them for the long run. This problem with delays also gets exacerbated because the flood of new orders of people buying metals never seems to stop coming in. Those high sales volumes that I mentioned earlier really have not come down for three years. So even when the metal prices are high as they are right now, the volume of buying is stronger than I've ever seen in my 10 years at Gainesville Coins. Nonetheless, I mean, I have eagerly been waiting for this situation to revert back to what I knew in the previous 7 or 8 years, prior to all this madness. But the longer that it goes on at this point, the less likely it seems that we'll ever get back to the way it was before. We could, but I'm not banking on it. In the meantime, until things do normalize, I would suggest trying to buy privately minted bullion products as a cheaper alternative, and remain as patient as you can with the delayed shipping times. Just keep in mind that an online bullion dealer or even your local coin shop are having to deal with those same problems with shipping delays from their own suppliers. And moreover, those higher premiums we talked about don't necessarily mean that that the profit margins for gold dealers are actually any higher because the price that they have to pay to wholesalers has skyrocketed by the same amount. So just keep that in mind. We are all really in the same boat here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Breaking the Dollar. If you enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a review. It helps other people find the podcast. Breaking the Dollar is brought to you by Gainesville Coins, one of North America's largest gold and silver bullion dealers. Visit GainesvilleCoins.com to shop for gold, silver, and platinum at the lowest prices in the industry.